Today on episode 109 of the Home of Play podcast, the BAFTA 2022 award show happened and we will discuss some of the Sony wins. Max Payne remakes are coming from Remedy Entertainment and Sony could be working to bring proper PS3 game emulation to the PS5. All that and much more. Can't think of anything clever, so let's just get some intro. Happy Monday and welcome home, everybody. Welcome back to episode 109 of the Home of Play podcast, where every Monday, the two best friends join forces to give you all the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we're the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Stephen. With me, I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself, Christopher. Hello, hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast. We don't include any of that bias or pay for opinion stuff that you do not need here. This allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually need or want to know. All of our content is free if you enjoy your leisure. We only ask that you help support the show by subscribing to the Home of Play podcast, by telling your friends, family, and the goblins about the show, and that they can find us on all your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing, and it's all because you love the gaming homies, helping to spread the cause through the power of word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints, please send any of those to your email address, homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com, and then we can read your questions on the show or on private while we list out all those BAFTA wins Sony got this year. On today's episode, we have so much news for you, but first, as always, I believe we need to start with what we've been doing this last week, and we're going to start with Chris. Not a heck of a lot for me, um, much the same. Uh, the Division 2, uh, we've kind of wrapped that one up now. We finished all the story missions for the base game anyway. Uh, a lot of the side stuff. The only stuff we really haven't done are all the bounty targets, um, the collectibles that are all over the place, and the two raids that are in the game, which are like eight-man mission raid things where the squad gets split up four four, and you have to do objectives and stuff. We could try that just to see how it goes, but I don't know. Sometimes it's just, I don't want to talk to other people, okay? So we probably just skip those, even though some people will probably be like, those are great! Yeah, eh, whatever. It's just a small piece of the game, so we're already getting high-tier loot anyway, from what I understand. So, yeah, now we're contemplating the expansion. I think we definitely would both want to get it, but I think we don't want to pay full price for it. It's $40, so... We're going to sit and wait for a bit uh, on that. The only other game I played this week is Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, still having fun with that one. I think I'm just about at 20 hours. Not a heck of a lot, but um, the, mostly what I've been doing is I haven't even... I've kind of stopped progressing the main story. I think I'm on chapter three. I stopped progressing the main story and I've just been doing side missions and getting collectibles and just leveling up my character getting more abilities and all that kind of stuff so i've mostly been doing that the main stories kind of put on hold i think i've done all the side missions that are available to me minus maybe one or two so i think at this point it's probably just going to progress the main story the reason i'm doing that is because now i have the whole map revealed so at least i know what i'm dealing with in regards to scale so having a lot of fun getting around the map jumping around some of the gliding and all that kind of stuff and the combat's decent. I feel a little overpowered to be honest. Uh like I, the only time I would die is if I like really got stuck into a corner and just really just screwed myself by just doing that, but yeah, it's I'm not finding it too difficult even some of like the tougher like obviously tougher guys. I'm still not having too much trouble with them, so I know I'm only playing on I think normal mode. Uh, so that could be remedied. I know it can be tough because on the harder difficulties, there's quite a few characters that can hit you from different angles and shoot and shoot at you constantly. So you could definitely die pretty quick doing that sort of thing. But right now, the difficulty is not really a factor that much. So there's no fall damage either, which is good because there's a lot of building, climbing and stuff. But that's pretty much been my week in gaming, like I said, and having fun with both of those. But both of those, I think, are going to be uh, going to be done. Both of them pretty soon. So maybe I'll is go- Ghostwire going to turn into a platinum? Do you think? Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't think it's a very tough one. Uh, there's a lot of like clearing all the whole like collectibles, and I think yeah, I don't know if I have to save all the spirits. If I have to save all the spirits, that's going to be a bit of a grind. But I'm having fun doing the grind. I have an ability that, or I have a bracelet or something that. 
actually shows me where the not collectibles but where the spirits are located or where the nearest one is located so it's like you, you always have like a guide to which one you're missing which is nice but there's a shit ton of spirits like i think i'm maybe at 60 percent, so i still have a lot to do um but yeah that, that'll probably turn into a platinum uh the only other thing is i have been seeing a lot of people talking about it. it's an older game i think indie game hollow knight you probably heard of it I've seen a lot more people play it. I've actually had a friend suggest it too. And I was like, maybe I'll try that one. That definitely doesn't look like it's not an easy platinum. Uh, There's like a pantheon of bosses that you have to fight. And apparently it's really hard. But I might play the game just for fun and just progress. Like at least you could do the whole, when you could do a whole game platinum in one playthrough, those ones I'm more interested in because at least then it just becomes a skill level thing sometimes, Um, which this is, that one does sound like that. And apparently I own the game. I don't know when I got it for free. Maybe it was a PlayStation Plus at some point. So maybe I'll uh, try that one. But if not, maybe back to Elden Ring or Dying Light 2. We'll see. Whatever, whatever you, I feel If like. you choose Elden Ring, I definitely will walk those grounds with you. Uh, I feel like I'm just... I would just want to play in other people's games now. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. You know, I just... I'm happy. So... Uh, I guess we'll move on to me, and I will make this short and sweet for you, Chris. I didn't get much time in this week. Uh, Lots of things to get done in the background. So I was kind of just busy all week, really, and the only thing I got to do was a little bit of Elden Ring. I went back to an area that I chose not to finish uh, before I beat the game. Just It was by far the hardest area and it's completely optional and i just didn't need any part of that so yeah anyway that was it for my week basically just a little bit elden ring and by a little bit i mean maybe even an hour otherwise you know you know we can move on to something else uh i'm going to transition from here poorly so with that said i mean you chris have an issue and i think we can discuss this now before we get into the news and part of my issue was i didn't know what to play you brought up the spring sale where you said you got a bunch of notifications about games you were waiting to see if they would go on sale. It turns mm-hmm. out they did. Sony's got this new bag of tricks of sales, and it looks enticing. But we both came to the same conclusion. And I believe a blessing may have become a curse. And with the new announcement of the PlayStation 3-tiered subscription service, we both don't know if we should buy anything until this service comes out because we're both a little afraid that we might get burned and older games especially like obviously i don't think horizon forbidden west or anything like that but there's some other games that even if they're a year old they could technically show up on this service so now it's like do we want to do any of these sales and even if they don't show up day one like we know there's going to be a rotation so now I feel like me and you are having the same issue and I'll let you take over from here. But yeah, I just, I know for myself, I looked at the sales, some spoke to me, but I just right away was like, ah, oh, man, like it kind of suck if I blow, you know, a hundred dollars in all these sales and then it just shows up yeah. <laughs> like three months later. Like, so like you said, some of the newer stuff, that's kind of tricky. Cause I mean, I, in theory, I could just go to the PlayStation now subscription and look up what's there right now, and that's probably what's going to be there in the future. But we don't know 100% if that is going to be the same list. And, like, right now, like, stuff on my wish list that, like, for instance, I have Code Vein. I have it on PC, but I think it'd be fun if, like, you and I played that one, because it's kind of a Souls-like game. But I know you you, you kind of didn't want to pay for it, and right now it's on sale for, like, 20 bucks. Um, But it's like, but now it's like, maybe we can wait. And then we'd both be able to try it for free. And if you don't like it, boom, you're right there, you know, right? And then there's smaller ones like Little Nightmares 2. You and I both love the first one. Uh, the second one we heard wasn't as great as the first one. Yeah, yeah, I heard some interesting things about it. So it kind of made me hold back on the buy button. Yeah, and like that one's on sale for like 50% off right now. There's like Mafia Definitive Edition. It's like, I wouldn't mind going through that one. Because to be honest, I never played yeah, the first I, one. I, I never played the original and the that one was truly actually remade and it yeah. looks a lot better. So I, I agree with you. I've always had my eye on that one. So those are just some of the ones on my list that are like, it's like, uh, I could spend a hundred dollars and probably own all of these or I could wait two months or three months, whatever it is, two and a half months somewhere and 
maybe they'll be free, but they won't be on sale. So it's like, do I take that chance? I think at this point, I think we both kind of decided it's like we have enough. I have enough back catalog myself that I can play through up until that moment. I think you probably could find stuff in your back catalog, but it's like I think at this point I've just decided we're gonna. I'm gonna wait. Yeah, I never have the biggest back catalog. Like not like other people. I I hear so many people talk about like oh there's these games from last year I didn't finish and yada yada. And I'm, you know, admittedly I'm really selective. Things that speak to me, speak to me, and things that don't, I just shut out. I'm not very adventurous that way, I guess. Um, but I also, you know, I take comfort in knowing what I want. And so I have, but you're right, I have a few things. Like, you know, I keep talking about near Replicant. Uh, I just think the only issue with that is that, you know, it, it was only a few months ago I beat near Autonoma. And to really beat that game, you got to do it like three times, I believe. Um, so I'm a little done with that and then uh you know beyond that i'm sure there's some other things that i just aren't coming to mind but now returnal I you're gonna try a returnal for sure i'll force you to yeah it. <laughs> in june and such so yeah. yeah like we'll see um but yeah I, I agree with you basically everything you said uh i'm definitely probably not going to be buying anything in the next while and honestly even for the other reason like me and you were very um high on the announcement not how the announcement of the subscription service was dealt with, but more on like what could be there, you know, the, the hope and the imagination uh, running wild here. But I just feel like the PlayStation one, PlayStation two options are going to possibly keep me busy anyway. So it's like, should I really be making a bigger back catalog anyway? Yeah. Uh, I feel like I just have to wait, you know, two or three months and I'll be satiated. So, um, but on top, before we get to the news, I also want to talk about some other fun things. Uh, you know, first, we're going to talk about the March's 2022 top downloads. Uh, this one comes from the PlayStation blog. And, you know, me and Chris made some observations here. And uh, so we're going to talk about that. Basically, in U.S. and Canada, PS5 game sales, and this is just for PS5. Doesn't matter if these games are uh, multi-console. Uh, we're just talking about PlayStation sales. So U.S. and Canada, Elden Ring took the top spot. So fantastic. That's great to see. In the EU, Gran Turismo 7, though. And then Elden Ring took third spot. So interesting. But, you know, Elden Ring still doing great in both. I think more why me and Chris want to talk about this is actually the surprise that Horizon Forbidden West dropped down so much. Uh, you know, it was second place last month. And then it fell in just, you know, in only having half a month in February. Already in March, it dropped to eighth spot. Uh, in the EU, it dropped to the ninth spot. And then where it's more concerning, though, is where the, I'd say the highest mass of PlayStation owners right now still have PS4 consoles, right, Chris? Like, you'd agree with that, right? Yeah. I'm not crazy. Well, that's where it gets crazy. Because in the US and Canada, Horizon Forbidden West is set in 10th place. And in the EU... Forbidden West dropped all the way to 18th. That's crazy. I mean, and this is where I mean Chris kind of had a chuckle in ninth in ninth place in the EU. Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag is, you know, it's almost 10 spots higher. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm not trying to dunk on Horizon Forbidden West, but I think where I'm trying to come at this from is me and Chris had a theory, and I believe I've even said it on the podcast that. Watchdogs is kind of the one example I have that matches this where the first game sells a lot and I think it 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 overpromised, it overhyped people. They got it and a lot of people bought the original Watchdogs. Uh you know, there's no way around that. It it definitely sold great. But I don't think a lot of people loved it. And now looking into Horizon, I think we're seeing the same thing. You know, they kept toting, "Oh, we sold 20 million copies." Like this series is amazing. This this is now a franchise is established. I don't think this game's going to sell nearly as much. Uh, and I think it's the same reasons. I do think Horizon is probably, and Forbidden West and even the original, they're no less than good games, like for sure. But me and you, Chris, specifically, I don't think we ever got through them. I, I've tried twice. I just can't get through it. I hate everything about it. This story's probably the best part. I just thought mechanically, though, everything felt apart, it fell apart in the original. 
And then moving towards the sequel, I just had no interest. I, I couldn't get through the first one. I didn't want to walk in the second one, not knowing what happened the first one. Uh, it was just kind of one of those situations. And, you know, maybe one day I will play the sequel again. I think what like we were just talking about in the service, maybe a year or two from now, it shows up on uh, one of the tiers in the PS Plus. But until then, like, I'm just not going to touch it. And I, it kind of, you know, just judging by these figures, I would say other people have that same impression. I mean, would you agree? Yeah. And that's even before the passes were announced that the sales were pretty, I don't want to say low, but. They're not great when uh, Black Flag is destroying. <laughs> like, that just <laughs> uh, blows my mind. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, you and I, we've talked about this game quite a bit, the, the prequel to this. It's, it was a, a good game for sure. I did get through it. I got the platinum for it. I, I had a good time. It was kind of a short game. It's not very long. The mechanics are what it was, right? I... I just, but even me, I I constantly say that's the one game I've actually borrowed from a friend and just plowed through it really quick and gave it back to him. But because it was just not, it was never interesting enough for me. Like even when the, like the trailers and stuff were getting announced for it, whatnot. And then now with the sequel, I was even less interested. Like if it was maybe a true P- P- PS5 game, that maybe I would have p- peaked it up on performance level alone. That would have maybe got me a little bit more excited. But like four and five, I was like, yeah, my hype was kind of low just on that. And then I'm just like the story. It's it's OK. Like the first one anyway. But like, how did they go from that one to this one? Am I going to care that much? You hated the human AI where it looks like oh, man. That, that's going to be more prominent because it's like it's always the thing is like, who are the true villains in these games? Every zombie game is like that. It's like, yeah, zombies are enemies and you're constantly fighting them. But the humans are always the big bad bosses at the end of it all, usually. So if if that AI isn't doing the right things, then it's like, eh, move on at this point. So I think you and I are probably going to 100% play this when it shows up on one of the passes. Um, but yeah, at this point, it's, we're not going to play it. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be very intrigued to see if it gets its threequel. Um, but until then, we're going to move on. And the last thing I want to talk about before news is Hassan Karaman. Uh, so last week, me and Chris were talking about abandoned yet again. And this week, uh, there's a couple of sources that talked about it. I believe we saw push squares and I guess he finally showed up on an interview. So on YouTube right now, you can see the interview, uh, just search his name. And I think it's the first thing that pops up. And we finally get to see an hour of video of this man talking interview with uh, Colin Moriarty. And it's so interesting. I actually, you know, even though I guess I'm sending people away, I, I would definitely say watch it if you're interested in this whole saga. But after watching it, I do think the reason I want to talk about it is it totally changed me and Chris's minds about the situation. Yeah. I'm still somewhat in the scam category, but the other half of me is I don't think Son Carmon knows what he's doing. I think he's in over his head. And if I'm wrong about everything else, I think where I would stand, like my greatest point here is even if I'm wrong about everything, this guy doesn't know how to talk. Yeah. He should not be in any way communicating to the public. Um, I think the best thing he could do is step back and let one of his other team members or hire someone, whatever you have to do, let them speak for you. And I just, everything he says is so jambled and he rants kind of like me, but the problem with what you're saying though, is like, I don't even know if they have the money to hire someone (laughs) to do it. Yeah. That's the other. And that's what brings me back to the scam part is you're right. They, they specifically talk about this $30,000 budget and I'm just, like there's no way you're making a full game for that unless and this is where it gets a little scammy again unless he's just going to put out little pieces and keep charging us you know five ten dollars a pop until you finally eventually have a real game but i just don't know how he's going to carry on if supposedly he's only this is all out of pocket you know yeah like from the money side of things it sounds like he had an initial investor for one of the previous games um, and that was only going to be physical from my understanding. Yeah, and it sounds like that that fell through and 
he didn't specifically say, but we're under the impression that that investor just transferred the money to this next project, abandoned. That's what we're assuming. I, he didn't specifically say like that money is now. No, here. that that question he tried to avoid. I think the hardest. Yeah, and it, it's just again, why are you seeming so cagey? I mean, and then he just instead of answering a question, he just seems to talk about like another issue, yeah. and that also concerns me. So you know, again. I, there's some people that still apparently are taking this as like, oh no, this is definitely Kojima. Like he must have hired this guy, and that's why he can't answer any questions. And that, I'm like, that he no, definitely man. put that down. Yeah, I'm like, because if you're paying for an actor, you're gonna get better than that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, you're gonna get someone that actually like can converse in some way or form. Yeah, and I'm not trying to be mean. I think this guy very well could make a good game in time, maybe with the proper budget and everything else. Uh, I'm not, you know, I think he could be a great developer. Maybe he has great ideas. I don't know. We've He's never released anything in all the years he's tried. Just, uh, that um, one game to, for his nephew. <laughs> oh, yeah. That one game for his nephew. Um, so then, yeah, I, I just don't know what to say. But I, I would definitely recommend watching it. And uh, I guess coming to an, uh, like a conclusion or forming an opinion for yourself, basically. Yeah. Going back to the money. um, the one big thing I think we want to point out, because we read a lot of articles that I guess now we know weren't quite right. And they said that Sony was the one who was investing in this game. And from what he's telling us in this interview, it's not. Sony did not give him any money, which is kind of one of the bigger things that we were talking about. And we were like, Whoa, did Sony not like look this guy up ahead of time? Because we were like, why are they giving this guy money? Because it seems very... He's never followed through on any of the projects from before. So yeah. that was one big thing I kind of wanted to point out that it, that he is pretty much, he's got one single investor from it, what it sounds like, and then everything else has been kind of self-funded from him. So Okay, so we're going to move on to the news because we're running low on time. We're going to start with our first article. Users are stacking PS Now subscriptions to net big discounts on PS Plus Premium. This one comes from VGC. Dedicated PlayStation owners are buying years worth of PS Now subscriptions while they're still available in order to make big savings on the upcoming PS Plus premium membership plan. At the time of publishing via desktop, but no longer on console or mobile, you can still purchase 12 months PS Now subscriptions uh, for £49.99 in the UK. It will be converted to PS plus premium membership, which is set to cost £99.99 annually once the new service launches in June. U.S. users have also reported using the same offer, although a 12-month PS Now subscription no longer appeared to be available when VGC checked. Sony has been phasing out PS Now retail cards since last January, uh, and on console, it's it's now only offering a one-month membership option priced at £8.99. Uh, there you go, Chris. Fast article. I don't really think we need to talk much. It's just kind of more fun and entertaining than anything. Uh, but it, hey, if you're one of those lucky few that knew about this, I feel like we overlooked it because we kept comparing it to PlayStation uh, Plus as it is now, not looking currently at PlayStation now. Um, then, you know, congratulations. But uh, me and Chris were too stupid to figure this one out. We didn't crack the code. We didn't hack the system. Uh, so we're just gonna have to pay for it like regular old we, boats. We we're gonna end up getting like the the extra pass anyway, like the 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 master one anyway. So yeah, either way, we're gonna have to pay some sort of upcharge. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we're gonna move on to the next quick article. Sony could be working to bring proper PS3 game emulation to PS5. It's claimed this one comes from VGC. Sony Interactive Entertainment could be working to bring PS3 games to PlayStation 5 without the requirement to stream them over the internet. That's according to VentureBeat journalist Jeff Grubb, whose sources have reportedly indicated that behind the scenes, Sony could be working on an emulation solution for the PS3 games on PS5. The service could eventually receive PS3 emulation similar to the other retro systems it's set to support. In quotes, since talking about this all week, I've looked, I've asked. It sounds like Sony might be working on emulation for PS3 on PS5, he said. It may take some time. I wish they would come out and tell us that, Tell us that you care about the stuff because that is what was missing from a PS Plus announcement. To me, it seemed like they didn't care about any of it. They just slapped it together, put a new name on it, and sold it. I kind of disagree with that statement. I think they're going to be giving us a lot of content. They did say they are giving PS3 games uh, in one of those passes, but obviously it's going to be, I guess, uh, streamed, I guess, right? Over the cloud, essentially. So 
I, I wouldn't say they just slapped it together and threw a new name on it and sold it, but uh, I, I do get... This has been a debate, I think, for a long time about the PS3 architecture and like how messed it was. So making emulation of it is, I guess, going to prove to be maybe expensive for Sony to get that to work properly. I get that. I don't know. I don't know if I care that much myself. Uh, yeah, there are good PS3 games, but to be honest, I'm more excited for PS1 and 2, so I don't even know <laughs> if I would touch on those as much anyway. But and I, I don't know if we're the minority. Like, maybe. This is where I'm very intrigued because I hear so many people complain about the PS3, but I'm like, really, like, comparatively, I feel like PS1 and PS2 individually had way more games than the PS3 ever had. I can't think of a PS3 game I would need to go back and play. I can't. Well, and even most of the PS3 games... Like, I feel like a lot of them eventually, you know, Last of Us, you can get it on PS4. Yeah, they got upgraded. The good ones, anyway. Uh, I can't even remember. There's some other uh, standalone ones, too. And, like, you know, we just got uh, Uncharted uh, somehow brought GTA. to the PS4, PS5. GTA <laughs> just keeps coming, you know. Uh, even, like, uh, even oddball ones, like uh, Fallen Fantasy uh, ten and ten two Remaster. or re- Yeah, I think it was Remaster. That also came to PS4. Yeah. Like, in a way to save it from being exiled and left Little alone big on PS3. Those would be, like, probably the bigger ones, but those servers aren't even running anymore, so... Uh, yeah, and I just... And that basically leaves me with the argument of, like, what is truly locked in there that was so special? That people are really wanting, yeah. No, I'm not seeing yeah. it. Like, I'd have to look through all my games to see if there's, like, something that I would, like, oh, yeah, I'd really love to play this again. I because I enjoyed yeah I did too three but I'm not gonna lie like it didn't really rev up or feel like it was worth the price until the the later half of the life near the end so yeah I'm just like eh like you know again I just feel like PS one PS two and again maybe it's just the type of gamers me and you are but I'm way more excited about that stuff yeah Uh, so anyway we're gonna go to another quick article Days Gone director Jeff Ross has joined Tomb Raider studio Crystal Dynamics. This one comes from VGC. Ross announced his new role on Tuesday in a tweet promoting nearly 50 job vacancies at the Square Enix studio. Uh, In quotes, I'm excited to announce I now work at the amazing Crystal Dynamics as a design director, he wrote. That's all I can say other than I'm thrilled with the project and especially the team of really wonderful people. Game director Ross and writer-director John Garvin, the two most senior creatives behind Dave's Gone, announced their departure from Sony Band Studio in December 2020. So, Chris, not a big article, obviously. Uh, I find it interesting because Crystal Dynamics, I don't think, is in the greatest place. Uh, You know, with their giant blunder that is Avengers Marvel or Marvel's Avengers, uh, whichever you decided to play. uh, If you were playing in a reflection of a mirror, I don't know. Um, So you got that blunder. Uh, they didn't make the last uh, Tomb Raider, which some people are telling me is the better one. So then I I believe that was iOS Montreal. Uh, so then it's like, well, that's not great. And then now we hear about some of their team being used to try to save Xbox's uh, Perfect Dark, which uh, is just in, I, I, it's not in development hell. Apparently I've read articles and that's like a new phase of development hell where people are leaving in like waves from getting away from that game, leaving the entire like new, uh, I can't remember what they called that company. It was some other like ridiculous name. And it's just apparently that game's not in a great place, obviously, if it needs Crystal Dynamics help. Um, so then it's like, and now we know that, well, we're going to talk about next, the new Tomb Raider game. So I don't know what to think here. Hopefully it's a good fit from, for him. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm a little perplexed. I, I feel like he probably could have got some better options, but maybe not. I don't know. Maybe there's a bad taste in everyone's mouth with him being related to Days Gone and it not having the best launch yeah well he seemed frustrated by it when he left so both some of the stuff that yeah. was going on so could have burnt a few bridges few bridges yeah i don't have too much to say about this crystal dynamics really the pride and gem that they have going for them is tomb raider so it's good that crystal dynamics has just started developing the next tomb raider with unreal engine 5 this one comes from vgc crystal dynamics has announced that the next tomb raider game has entered development using unreal engine 5 Yay! Dallas Dickinson, Tomb Raider franchise general manager at Crystal Dynamics, revealed the news on Tuesday to coincide with the full release of Epic's latest game development engine. 
In quotes, this new engine translates into next level storytelling and Game Boy experiences. And that's why we are thrilled to announce today that we have just started development of our next Tomb Raider game powered by Unreal Engine 5, he said. Our goal is to push the envelope of fidelity to deliver the high quality cinematic action adventure experience that fans deserve both from Crystal Dynamics and the Tomb Raider franchise. So Chris, are you excited for another Tomb Raider game? Sure, I guess. I, I still haven't finished the most recent one, I guess. I, it's the thing where it's like, uh, you're just, it gets tiring. Like the, even mm-hmm. the Uncharted games, like th- it's kind of the same sort of formula as Tomb Raider in a sense. And it's just, I don't really need another Uncharted. Like I, I could be done with that series and let's move on to the, the next thing, to be honest. Tomb Raider is kind of the I'm same a- thing. 100%. Yeah. Tomb Raider is the same thing. I just, I, I think they're too scared to like, go on to something new well well yeah especially with getting burnt with your last reveal yeah. right it's like bioware and anthem what's your next move after anthem going to something safe and secure right so they go back to dragon age or they want well and they're even talking about mass effect again and now it seems like crystal's doing the same thing i am excited to hear more and more like this week was definitely unreal five week uh you know unreal five had their own little showcase online you can find that if you're interested Showed some really neat stuff. I'm very excited to see games start using Unreal 5. Uh, and we're hearing more and more. Like, we, you know, Witcher announcement, all that kind of stuff. Um, even the Coalition, uh, I believe, is talking about Gears being in Unreal 5. You'll probably see uh, it more in indie games uh, before you see it in the big AAAs anyway. Well, and then we also even know Sony's got stock in Epic itself. So I believe they're going to slowly allow some. Obviously, there's going to be, um, like, gorilla that has their engine and i don't think they're going to give that up uh you know it's not like capcom's going to give up that beautiful re engine um so some people are going to stay but i am excited for more unreal 5 and i think that's the most exciting thing from this article sadly i'm very much like you i'm not a big tomb raider fan i loved the reboot i thought that was great but then right around then i think you're right i think you called it when you said um we have uncharted and tomb raider and then i just got burnt out from both those like that genre in general you're absolutely right it's so formulaic and it's just puzzle traversal combat puzzle traversal combat and it just gets so old eventually i'm not blaming it and some people maybe can't get enough of it and that's totally awesome and fantastical i don't i'm not trying to out anyone but i just for myself i i can't do anymore and i definitely noticed when i came back when it eventually came to the playstation rise of the tomb raider i i couldn't finish it that's around the time I couldn't finish Uncharted 3. I never played Uncharted 4. And I thought Uncharted 2 was amazing. I thought it was great. I just, I got burnt out, man. And that's why when I hear this, I'm like, oh, it's cool. Like, I think I like Tomb Raider still being alive and relevant. I, like, there's a nostalgia there for me. So I like hearing about this, but it's like, I know I'm not probably going to play it. I think I've had Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Uh, it came out as a PS Plus game for like months, if not years. And I just, I have no interest in touching it. Yeah. I like that you call it uh, like a, a formula, like exactly how you said, like combat, explore, you know, and then puzzle and then combat. Yeah. Like my, my problem is like when I was younger, I guess I didn't see that or didn't, wasn't smart enough to clue into that formula. But now it's like, I, that it's, I hate when that is the case, like where it's, it's mm-hmm. always like that constant throughout the whole game. You might get a couple of cinematics that may be a little bit different, but me i need games that blend it all together like i want combat and then there's puzzles in the combat and then there's exploring and collectibles like that's why i was like the resident evils are such a i'm such a big fan of them because it's like there's always combat and threats no matter where i am there's threats but with these games there's no there's never a threat unless you're in that section where combat exists otherwise you're free to explore well, and you're right, and I think that's why I'm one of the biggest naysayers for the Gears of War franchise, because take what we just said, puzzle, fighting, and uh, traversal, and now take away traversal, and that's all Gears of War ever was. <laughs> and, and I won't, well, that's true too. So like, well, yeah, we'll put traversal back, because basically, I, I can't speak for the new ones, I'm sure they added a few things, but at least one in two Gears of War, it was seriously run to the next spot, and then there's a horde kill the horde run to your next spot there's a horde kill the horde it's just i was like oh my god like this game's missing like a whole chunk of what like what other games have and so you're right i i just i you're 
like things like that. Things that are so formulaic and they're so obvious. I just I can't I can't. So anyway, we got to move on. Max Payne remakes are coming from Remedy Entertainment after striking deal with Rockstar. This one comes from Game Informer. Remedy Entertainment is returning to the franchise that made the studio a noteworthy name in the game industry and will remake Max Payne and Max Payne 2, The Fall of Max Payne. The announcements come with word that Remedy has struck an agreement with Rockstar Games to develop the remake. The deal is for Remedy to make one big remake encompassing both classic Max Payne titles. The game will be targeting a release on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC, and will utilize its Northlight game engine. Rockstar will be fronting the bill for development, which will be budgeted to be in line with a typical Remedy AAA game production, according to a press release provided by Remedy. Remedy will collect royalties on the game after Rockstar has recouped its funding from development and publishing. No release window for the project was given. Remedy CEO Tiro Vertala, hopefully I'm saying that right, remarked on the agreement saying, in quotes, we're hugely excited to be working with our partners at Rockstar Games once again for the chance to bring the story action atmosphere of the original Max Payne games back to players in new ways. Uh, Chris, I've never played a Max Payne. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know what to talk about. Yeah, I mean, that's when like uh, bullet time was uh, big. And I was really into bullet time. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I played them. They have really u- unique story aspects that I'm actually excited to see be remade. Um, there's some trippy stuff that happens in these games. So I, I'm definitely excited. I'm not familiar with the Northlight game engine. I'd have to look that up. I don't know if I've played any games that have been have used that. Maybe the more recent Max Payne. But maybe I just didn't realize it was called the Northlight engine at the time. But it's nice that this is going to be a true next gen or current gen now if you want to call it uh game that's exciting so i'm i'm definitely interested in this because yeah i did like the originals i i, I definitely played the first one i'm trying to remember the second one but that was quite a while ago so it's a little bit of a blur but i remember they had unique beats kind of like um indigo prophecy that was one that we you and i mm. both really dug and it's got some weird stuff like that game in this one, which is kind of trippy. Okay. So you probably like it. Uh, so I found out that engine was used to make Control, Quantum Break, oh, okay. Codename Condor, and the Alan Wake game. Okay, so it's a decent engine. It's been around for a while, yeah. yeah. It's, it's Yeah, it's a little bit older, but yeah, Control looks good, so I'm sure they're making improvements on it, because I'm pretty sure that must be an in-house engine, for sure, but... So I've heard a lot about Max Payne. Like, you know, there's definitely people that champion this series. Um, so like yourself, I think I'm very intrigued. I want to see more. I'll wait to see more. Clearly, this is going to be anytime soon. Uh, but I guess the other thing I want to point out is just it's really refreshing to see Rockstar do something nice yeah. and uh, make a good decision in the last few years because it's definitely been a lot of negative uh, around them. They've been in their own world last year. Kind of. Kind of. So, I, yeah, I think that's the win here is like, oh, Rockstar sees potential in games that aren't just Grand Theft Auto Five. Uh, additionally, though, I do want to note, though, my my other concern is that Remedy's also at the same time working on Alan Wake 2, uh, a multiplayer game with Tencent codenamed Vanguard and a multiplayer control spinoff. So I really hope they're not biting off more they can chew, especially my concerns uh, are also based on Crossfire X that just came out recently that me and you made uh, plenty of fun at and how poorly received that was. And that was a Remedy game, at least a single player portion was. And it was, I think it got like fours, you know, it's really bad. So this is my fear that like this Remedy stretched too thin right now. Yeah. And I, I, I'm worried about it, but yeah, like Alan Wake 2, I, I really love the original. So I'm, I'm probably most excited for that one. I would say now the Max Payne's like second in line for sure. Multiplayer control spinoff. Who asked for that? Who asked? Who asked? <laughs> Nobody asked. And then a multiplayer game with Tencent. Well, what can you do? It's, it's Tencent. They're spreading their reach. So Okay, we're going to move on to your next article. So this week was the BAFTA 2022 Awards. Uh, we're going right from IGN. We're pulling some of the uh, Sony wins from this title. Uh, so the Big one, uh, BAFTA, the 2022 nominees for best game were Deathloop, Forza Horizon 5, Inscription, It Takes Two, 
Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart and Returnal. And the big winner was Returnal, which is super exciting. What are your thoughts on that? Like, it, it's definitely, I don't want to say it's a stacked category. Uh, Rift Apart, it takes to Forza Horizon. I, I'd say sure, they're up there. Inscription, I can't even remember what that was. And then Deathloop, which is whatever it's, it is, what it was. What are your thoughts on this winner? So I think if you recall in previous episodes, I thought uh, with a lot of the other award shows that Returnal kept getting snubbed like yeah. hard. Most of them, I don't even think it was even nominated. Uh, so it's honestly great to not only have it nominated, but actually win. Yeah. Uh, and I do think like, I'm not, I haven't even played Returnal. I'm not like in, instantly enticed by it, but I did see some things there that other games haven't tried. And I thought, Again, it's one of those things where I'm not sure if I'd love playing it, but if it was a movie, I'd definitely watch it. I think it had an interesting story. I even to this date would like I don't want to spoil myself, but a little bit of me is like, yeah, I really would like to know what's happening here. And so they kind of hooked me on that. I think uh the like graphics look great. The particle effects, you know, it definitely makes use of that to the extreme. Uh and I've never heard anyone play it and tell me that it looked bad in any way. Mm-hmm. I think they everybody that's played it has gotten somehow sucked in. Um, so yeah, I think this is great. I, uh, and again, I look at the nominations and it's not like this year, like, you know, Elden Ring's not on this list. Horizon's not on this list. Um, ooh, we had some other good games, but I can't recall them right now. There's too many Grand Turismo seven, like all that stuff. Like th- this is 2021 we're talking about, yeah. right? So it's like, yeah, that year didn't have the greatest things again, who did get stubbed Resident Evil 8. <laughs> it's like, I think they should at least, they deserve a nomination. And, and you know what? Another shout out. Thank you for at least putting Ratchet and Clank in there as well. Like, yeah. that's another one that I feel like was not nominated for a lot this year. And not that I think it was the greatest game of all time. But again, I like that the BAFTA kind of looks at, like, the mechanics of a game as important as some of the other features. Mm-hmm. Moving on, the nominees for music. I assume that means best music. It has music. <laughs> game has music. That had music in 2021. Deathloop, Far Cry 6, Halo Infinite. Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Returnal. Once again, the winner was Returnal, which is exciting. It makes sense too, if I recall in the game, the the music sort of goes with the way you play too, if I recall. Like if you're in heavy combat, it kind of like ramps up and then dies down. If I recall, I could be wrong on that. It's been a while since I played it, but uh, I do remember the music was definitely pretty good. So continuing on, nominees for best animation. I'm going to assume it's best. Uh, they don't add the word best, but it's driving me nuts. Call of Duty Vanguard. It takes two. Kena Bridge of Spirits. Life is Strange. Two Colors. Psychonauts 2. Ratchet and Clank. Rift Apart. And the winner was Ratchet and Clank. Hands down. Hands down. Was there any other choice? Like, whether or not you loved Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, I mean, damn, those cutscenes looked amazing, and they're apparently all in-game engines, so... I just remember watching that stuff, and I'm like, this is a Pixar movie coming to life. It looks better than, I'd say, half the catalog of Pixar movies. Yeah. Because, again, Pixar is, you know, you look at the original Toy Story, and you're like, God help me now. Um, so, yeah, no, I think this is great. I'm looking at the list of these other games. I think a lot of them were cute. I think they had good animation, but, again, limited graphics, yeah. right? They got unique styles, yeah. all of them, like Psychonauts, Life is Strange, Kena, like the, and it takes two. They all have weird and interesting animation styles the one that doesn't fit to me is call of duty vanguard i don't understand why that's there i would actually was going to say the one that doesn't fit for me i agree with you but on top of that would be life is strange i think they tried to do a more realistic graphical take and i'm just like man it still doesn't look i mean i haven't like played this one but i know some of like the styles like kind of comic booky sometimes this one changed did they drop that kind of yeah yeah Mm, okay so then I'm like, I just feel like when you go to like detail, Ratchet and Clank takes it by like a hard mile. Then we have nominees for technical achievement, uh, Forza Horizon 5, Hitman 3, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, and Returnal. And once again, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart won this category. So fantastic. I think, hey, Resident Evil finally got a nomination, and that's great too. like to see Hitman 3 in there. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, technical achievement, obviously, uh, just the instant loading, different worlds, all that stuff. 
felt a little gimmicky. I'm not going to lie, but hey, it is some, it is a technical achievement. So there you go. Someone finally took use of the SSD. Elden Ring's publisher wants to work with author Brandon Sanderson, and he has a Soulsborne pitch. This one comes from VGC. VGC. Sanderson, who is best known for his Mistborn and Stormlight Archive fantasy novels, unboxed a package he'd received from the game publisher during a live stream this week. The author received a large Elden Ring parcel, which included a sword, cloak, and other merchandise based on the From Software game, along with a note from Bandai Namco. Uh, I'm just going to interject here. Where's my box? from software i want a sword and cloak and other merchandise okay like who's the biggest fan here i love elden ring i will like i will sleep on your doorstep until you shoot me away with a box of goodies god damn okay in quotes they are interested in perhaps doing something together is what that says sanderson said on the stream i am as well actually this is how i roll i actually have a pitch for them in the back of my head so i may have to send them my pitch and see what they think the author went on to reveal that he'd actually already thought of a pitch for a Soulsborne game. The author went on to reveal that he's actually already thought of a pitch for a Soulsborne game. Sanders said, in quotes, I always have a pitch for everything. That's the thing. Like, if I were ever going to do a Soulsborne game, what would I do? You guys know what happened when I thought I wondered what I would do if I ever wrote a Magic the Gathering story. I spent four years developing a Magic the Gathering story. And when Magic contacted me and said, hey, do you want to write a story? I could say, yes, I already have one and I will write it. And I did. The same way I've been thinking, what would I do if I did a Soulsborne sort of game? Obviously, I don't get to decide that, right? But I have it in the back of my head. So maybe you guys will hear something from me. I have some ideas. I've always, I always have ideas. So I kind of try to speed through that because we're running long in the tooth. But um, this is incredible to hear. Uh, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to go anywhere, but it kind of seems like it might because why else is from software trying to give you gifts? I, I mean, they have the sales. I don't think they need more publicity. So this would be very intriguing. I, I like this new from software that wants to work with different unique minds of the fantasy realm. And uh, I guess the only sad thing is like, I guess I'm not going to get an Elden Ring 2 anytime soon, but in the same sense, Maybe I don't need uh, from software every you know few years. Like maybe they can work on a few other properties and then come back to something like a, a Elden Ring two. Yeah, just you know Bloodborne. You know, let's upgrade. Why not? Like, uh... I I feel like I'm the only guy that's just I'm okay with Bloodborne being Bloodborne, and we move on and get great things like Elden Ring, right? Like, yeah. Maybe I'm just a naysayer, but I just mean I what know. would they it's go back like, to 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 fix yeah. and improve they've redone pretty much all the older ones at this point or somebody's already redone them all so well i think even D dark souls 3 it runs at 60 yeah. frames on the p or almost 60 frames on the ps5 there's some invent the new anti-cheat stopper <laughs> mm -hmm. so anyway that's just a feel-good story i don't think we have to like linger on it at all it's not much to take it's all kind of hearsay but it's really cool to hear and maybe we'll hear more in the future a new Ghost Recon game is reportedly in development at Ubisoft. This one comes from IGN. Sources told Kotaku that Codename Over will be the series' latest and could be released in fiscal year 2023, meaning sometime next year. This is a separate project from Ghost Recon Frontline, a free-to-play battle royale that saw a delay within a week of being revealed last October. Kotaku also reported that development on Frontline is expectedly shaky as the project is undergoing a full reset with no launch date anytime soon. Mumblings of Ghost Recon Over came soon after Ubisoft announced it was ending content support for its previous game, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. The codename Project Over had also been previously spotted in a GeForce Now leak last year, which is definitely 100% proving accurate. We talked <laughs> about it before, there was speculation, but things keep getting revealed that are definitely showing that that leak is actually something legitimate. Yeah. Having launched in October, 2019 breakpoint wasn't wonderfully received, but had more than two years of continuous support from Ubisoft before its final piece of new content was released last November. Unfortunately, no support from actual players. <laughs> Ubisoft said on Twitter, the last four months marked the release of our final piece of content the brand new Operation Motherland mode, tons of new items including 20th anniversary iconic outputs and quartz items for Ghost Recon Breakpoint. In quotes, we will continue to maintain servers for both 
Ghost Recon Wildlands, and Ghost Recon Breakpoint, and we truly hope you will continue to enjoy the game and have fun playing in solo or co-op with your friends. Man, not looking good for Ghost Recon, but it hasn't for a while, in my opinion. I know some people really like the... Um... What was the earlier one you just it said? Ghost Recon Wildlands. Yeah, I had fun because I, was, I was getting just off of playing The Division and some buddies were like, hey, this is an easy transition because it's four player as well. So, yeah. I just couldn't believe when it came out, like how bad it performed, how bad it looked. Yeah, it didn't feel like and Ghost Recon. Other than the multiplayer, yeah, it just, there was no appeal yeah. other than multiplayer. It did not feel like Ghost uh, Recon so, game. That's the big thing. No, it, it literally played like a PS2 game. Like it totally reminded me of like the early SOCOMs where just blocky movements, the cars are going wonky. Like there was no effort really put into this game. Uh, I was always surprised how well it did because I'm like, man. I played the demo and I was just like, this is rough. So then we got Ghost Recon Breakpoint and that one looked more promising aesthetically, but apparently it was somehow even worse to some people. Uh, I, I don't know what to say. I, I At this point, I'm kind of like Ghost Reconned out. I, I have nostalgia for, I think, Ghost Recon 2 on the original Xbox. I really thought that was a great game at the time. And now it just seems like it's a thing of the past and I just have to look forward and not look behind me because i'm just gonna cry <laughs> like really i hope they end up making a good one okay well speaking of games that we have no faith in ubisoft is developing a new third person shooter ip it's claimed this one comes from vgc Expooter claims to have seen images and videos of the game which they say shares a similar graphical style to that of hyperscape ubisoft soon to soon to close battle royale pathfinder in quotes pathfinder appears to be a slightly different take on a battle royale where a team of four players will drop into the map and find their path towards the center to fight the main AI boss, the publication claims. The game will also reportedly require players to navigate through different stages of the map, breaking through a series of walls and change between games. This presumably is the Pathfinder aspect of the game. The game will seemingly feature a hero class system which will see players select characters with different abilities. Although Xbooter claims that these abilities are yet to be finalized as the game is still early in development in the development process. The a Destiny Tower like central hub will also be part of the game and will serve as the social space for players between matches, it's claimed. Uh, I also just want to note editor's note earlier this year, Ubisoft announced that it would be closing down the Battle Royale game Hyperscape less than two years after it launched. Uh, seems to be a trend here of closing things within the two-year mark. And if this thing looks like that, then I wouldn't doubt we're just getting reused assets. And I'm, I'm, man, I'm getting all these triggering words, Chris, hero, battle royale. <laughs> well, just them talking about like, you know, using, reusing assets. Uh, I mean, we just started this article and I'm done. Oh, I'm so I'm done. done. I'm just, man, Ubisoft and just constantly releasing the next thing, hoping that it catches so they can get those microtransactions and just keep going. It just feels like, I'm looking at Rainbow Six Extraction. Well, and you said it. <laughs> Rainbow Six Extraction, uh, Hyperscape, uh, X Defiant, that they now literally had to take uh, Tom Clancy's name out of because it's being so poorly received. I mean, I'm, I'm 100% correct. I'm not, it's not even arguable anymore that Ubisoft is just trying anything they can to get a game like this, a free-to-play yeah. Battle Royale or whatever ends up being, they just want some level of success to get those easy microtransaction monies. If it's seasonal passes, if it's cosmetics, if it's points, I mean, God knows it's Ubisoft. They'll try to bloat something. I'm sure it'll take nine years to gain one level, so they'll give you a quick pass for that too. Um, it, it's just silly, man. And I, I really hope anyone that listens to this and everyone else that doesn't listen to it, just don't support these games. Like, I mean, this is hollow. This doesn't feel enthusiastic it doesn't feel like there's passion behind these projects this is just crap being thrown on a wall and they're just praying it sticks yeah i couldn't agree with you more i'm getting like major like reused asset problems with this like uh breaking through a series of walls like okay so they're literally taking the game mechanics right from uh rainbow six there like it's i don't know i'm tempted 100 gonna be using reused assets and all that kind of stuff I don't know. It doesn't, it seems like a fine horde mode type of game type thing. A little bit of mechanics in it, but it's like, I think exactly you said the right thing. Is they're just trying to get 
I, I we don't even know if this is going to be free to play because they still haven't really tried to jump too much in that model they did with hyperscape but then they were literally pay to play in the sense that they would pay you to play hyperscape but yeah um i'm no interest in this whatsoever uh we'll have to see where it goes i guess but yeah i don't know i just have a feeling with all like just looking at this as a whole i think most people will be smart enough to see that this isn't something to get excited for and that's what leads me to believe you are correct technically it's not announced that it's free to play but i'm just gonna guess and that's my yeah. speculation i feel like ubisoft needs to like change it up like i don't know maybe work on a new engine or something i just think they need to slow down like i think they i finally think i'm gonna make the claim that they got too big i don't think they know what to do with half the studios they have and now it just feels like we're getting bombarded by very forgettable ip yeah yep so we're gonna move on to review roundup uh, this week, we got three for you, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga on PS5, critic score, and I always fail to say this because I suck. This is all coming from Metacritic. So the critic score is 83, 46 positive, 4 mixed, 0 negative. So it looks like it's very well received. If you like your Lego Star Wars games, I say go get it, based off this anyway. Uh, sadly, this is where we move on to the less happy stuff. Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition on PS4, sitting at a critical score of 76 19 positive six mix two negative now this is where i have to interject from what i can tell i looked at the lowest score and it was from one of the our favorite sources which is and sites is push square they gave it a four out of ten and the reason is it sounds like this game's barely functioning it sounds like at some points on ps5 it's running at sometimes 15 to 40 frames per second um, and there's many other issues. I beg if you're looking into this game to actually see what Push Square said so you get a, a more true vision of what this is. But this seems like a very crappy port, and I don't think anyone should pay money. And it brings up that other issue of, like, are critics playing these games, Chris? Because how is it at a 76 if it's barely playable? Yeah, no, I, I don't understand it. I remember when we first started talking about this game, we were kind of excited in hopes that it was going to be a remake and all that kind of stuff. And then, honestly, now it just feels like it's just a bad port. But they combined that other Radical Dreamers stuff with it. It's almost like they ported the two together at the same time. And whatever came out of it, that's what's left. Like, the bare minimum, they lost the rights to some of the music, from what I recall hearing. So they had to, like, I guess do new audio music for certain songs that they said were going to be in there and just digitally enhanced or whatever, or whatever. I don't know. This seems I mean, like a big miss. At the end of the day, we have a PS one game that can't run at 30 frames per second on a PS five. I I'm flabbergasted. I, I don't even know what to say, honestly. Uh, so moving on the last one, MLB, the show 22 on PS five, critic score 79, 14 positive two mix, zero negative. User score sin has 6.7 with 43 ratings, and it just seems like the users uh, feel like it's just more the same, but I feel like that's the argument to be made with any sports game uh, that, you know, every year. But who knows? I could be wrong. Hopefully, MLB, the show is good. Uh, so that's it for a review roundup. That means we have to move to our last bit here, homework. What is homework? Homework is when we don't have enough time in the show to get through everything. So we give you the extra headlines we couldn't get to, where you can find them. And then you go educate yourselves. So starting this week, Hello Neighbor 2 gets December release date. This one comes from Game Informer. Lego and Epic Games begin partnership to make the metaverse safe and fun for children. This one comes from Game Informer. I don't know how to feel about anytime I see the metaverse, I start to shake and convulse. Uh, the new Gran Turismo 7 update begins to fix credits and reward issues. This is good news. Comes from Game Informer. I really hope they get this game on track and people come back and everyone enjoys this full game they purchased. Uh, and that would make me very happy. Former PlayStation US boss wishes Sony had supported Vita more. This one comes from VGC. Uh, too little, too late. Bungie may be hiring for an animated Destiny show. This one comes from VGC. Dying Light 2 is going to get a new game plus coming this month. This one comes from IGN. Excited about that. If Chris could only get through the first, first <laughs> I gotta get through the, the new, game through. new game plus. <laughs> this year's new Need for Speed game is reportedly now current gen only. This one comes from VGC. 
And finally, the Quarry's movie mode lets you beat the game without pressing a single button. This one comes from Push Square. Uh, 10 out of 10 gamers want this feature because that's why we play well, does games. Does that mean you're going to get the best controllers. ending or the worst ending? I don't know what that means. Well, actually, if you go into the article, it does mention that like you can basically pick no one dies, everyone dies, or random, and you don't know what the outcome's going to oh, be, which kind could of be neat, but random. That's... Could all, it also might ruin your first... Because like, the first playthrough is like, the most critical, yeah. in my opinion, right? So I'm just worried would it ruin my thing. And I, I, I like making those... Me and you sitting on a couch just making those decisions together. I like I could that. see... Uh-huh. I think that's interesting in the sense that I, I'd play the game, obviously, like, actually play it the first time. But I could see if yeah. I enjoy the game enough that I would want to try random mode just to see what it pumps out. Yeah. Just, just to see how good it is. Because that's... I'm curious. Especially if you had, like, a group of friends. Like, you play it the first time, you've had your time. And then you have a new group of friends that have never seen it. And you could just like do that set random and be like, hey, guys, we're going to watch this movie, basically. Yeah, right? essentially. Yeah. Assuming the game is not like eight hours long. So anyway, that's it for homework. That's it for the show. Thanks again for joining us this week. We appreciate it. You know, we love coming to you guys every Monday with all the news articles from the prior week. Uh, and the fact that you give us any of your time, just these two idiots here, uh, it, it really humbles us. So we appreciate it because we value your time. It's your most valuable currency. And until next week, uh, we just got to say goodbye. Bye, guys. Bye.